Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 624, air date May 21st, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Good evening. We are starting our talk on whether to mask or not to mask. We have people coming in from Michigan. Michelle, can you make sure that Jen yes. is coming in? Thanks. Uh, we, we're live on Instagram. We're live on Facebook, on YouTube, and Periscope. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about masks. A lot of people have been asking me about the science of masks, whether you should wear them or not. I personally don't wear masks, and I'm going to tell you why. I do believe that. As I talked about a couple of days ago, we should be focused on uh, boosting our immune system. This is something we all should do in general. If people want to go look at my last video that I did, I talked about the five plus one bonus item everyone should do to support their immune system. One of it was vitamin D. The other one was vitamin C. The other one was vitamin A, zinc, and iodine. And these are sort of basic things people should consider. Ideally, you get them from food. Um, you know, you get the uh, vitamin D from sunshine. If you can't get it there, you take the vitamin D3. Ideally, you get the vitamin A from your deep green leafy vegetables and the purple fruits and vegetables. If you can't get it there, take vitamin A palmitate. You have zinc, which is an amazing mineral. You know, there are many, many foods which have zinc, particularly the meats. If you're not, if you're into vegetarian, the pumpkin seeds, uh, et cetera, we can talk about that. I um, The iodine comes awesome stuff from the uh, sea vegetation, uh, the kelp, the dulse, etc. Or you can take the iodine, you know, drops, which has potassium iodine and as well as potassium iodide. And then obviously we can also look at um, uh, 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 something that's important, which is vitamin C, you know, citrus fruits, but you can also take around 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams. And the sixth thing that I talked about um, was also the importance of having relationships and family and connections and friendships, how important that is to boosting antivirals, compounds in your body and lowering inflammation. But today we're gonna to focus on to mask or not to mask. Uh, Jen has just joined us. And we're really gonna focus on looking at the science of it. And I'm gonna review, first of all, some of the regulations, what it means. Remember, there's the medical masks, there's a cloth mask, and then there's the N95 mask, which is uh, the one that really protects things, but not everyone's supposed to be wearing that. So uh, before I start, um, Jen, maybe you can tell different people that are joining us, see who's on here on Instagram. Uh, Dr. Shiva, I had to take leave from work due to mandatory mass. I was experiencing awful headaches, dizziness. We'll talk about that. Yep. Um, yep. That's a, a certain people who have headaches or are prone to them can get them, but we'll talk more about that. And... California, hello from Canada. Let me get a couple of things set up here as you guys are coming in. And as Jen is sharing who's, who's coming in. One of the things I wanna first uh, talk about as people are uh, coming in is everyone knows I'm running for United States Senate. And uh, it's something I never thought I would ever do, run for elected office. I ran a couple of years ago as an independent. This time I'm running as a Republican. Just to be clear, I do not care for either party. Uh, thanks, Michelle. I'm doing that because uh, we want to get visibility on the debate stage. It's the only way to do it. 
Oh, Veronica, Santana, great. Great from Massachusetts, from Raleigh, North Carolina. But the, our US Senate election, Totowa, New Jersey, I used to live in the near that area. Um, but one of the important things that we're running for US Senate is we've created a movement, not only a local movement in Massachusetts, not only a national, but it's, it's gone global. Hi, hi again, Barbara McClass, San Diego, great. Um, but it's a global movement for truth, freedom, and health. And that's what our Senate campaign really is leading. And it's really galvanized people all over the world from Newport, Oregon to Australia to Canada. Uh, thanks everyone for joining in. And I just wanted to obviously, Melbourne, just to review that really briefly. Um, if you go to our website, Shiva for Senate, by the way, people can support our campaign. You can volunteer from anywhere, but if you wanna to donate to the campaign, you have to be from the United States, those are the laws. But if you go to the site and you donate, one of the most important things that I wanna teach everyone is the importance of uh, systems and what is change, what is revolution. I've spent as much time on studying medicine as I have on studying politics and revolutionary change. I've sort of studied all the different historical figures, uh, left, right, you know, up, down, everywhere. But the book System and Revolution will really teach you what is a system and what is revolution. But I teach you systems from the perspective of someone who spent a lot of time studying across four degrees at MIT in engineering systems, my biological engineering degree, but uh, building the first email system. So I encourage everyone to get this book. It's an ebook, but you'll really learn sort of 50 years of knowledge consolidated if you want to study it. It's potent knowledge in about uh, two hours if you take your time to study it, but you'll really learn what are systems and how they work. But the other thing I do is also, I want to give you a piece of software that I created that helps you use these principles from this book to really understand how your body is a system. And if you and um, this is $25 for those people in the United States who donate to the campaign. Given the economic distress that's going on, if you can't afford that, donate whatever you can. Let me just get rid of this here. Um, and I, I wanna be as generous as possible. Um, donate whatever you can and you get access to the book as well as this tool. And it's invaluable. You can't really put a price on the book on uh, how much knowledge is in there. But those of you, oh, uh, this is weird. What's going on there? But uh, if, if those of you who actually go, uh, if you're outside of the United States, you can literally go to yourbodyyoursystem.com. And I think there's an upgrade going on there. Uh, but if you go to your body, your system, if you're outside of the United States uh, and you can get it there directly, I think they're doing a uh, the Verisign key update today, but you can go right to your body, your system and get it. Uh, if you're outside of the US and the same offer is there. So everyone take advantage of this, support the campaign. If you're also anywhere uh, around, you can also volunteer for the campaign and it's exciting. You get to meet a lot of great people from all over the world um, in the United States and uh, please support that. Thank you. So that's about Shiva for Senate. But the bottom line why I'm running is this has really nothing to do with just running, just wanting to be a U.S. Senator. It's really about building a movement bottoms up. And that's what it is, a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, and health. One of our core systems philosophy, philosophies is we have to have freedom, open discourse, debate. We don't have that right now because basically a few companies really own our discourse, Facebook, Google, and then you have the three major telcos. So we have to fight for freedom of discourse. And I have a a model for that, but with freedom, we can practice a scientific method. And with the scientific method, we can really get to truth. 
But without the scientific method, we go to what's called scientific consensus, where people decide, a, a small set of people decide what's true. So we need to fight for the scientific method. We need to fight for truth. And from truth, we really get to look at real problems and real solutions, which gets to uh, the things that we need for our health. And with healthy bodies and healthy infrastructure, we have the strength to fight for freedom. So today, what we want to focus on is what is the truth about these masks? What is the truth? Um, you have a lot of people, a lot of grifters. The CDC is recommending school students to wear masks. Does the CDC pay any attention to actual science as a warrant as a mask are risky and ineffective? Yeah, if you look at any issue, what's happening is you're pro-mask, anti-mask. No one actually goes look at the science. Pro-CO2, anti-CO2. Pro-guns, anti-guns. We live in a world that the left and the right separate the world, and we have to move beyond left and right. And that's why we have to take what I call a systems approach. When we take a systems approach to the world, when we really look at it from a scientific perspective, it goes beyond left and right. Some of you may know I came out against GMOs because I took a systems perspective in understanding and people called me a lefty. I came out against the Paris Accords because it didn't, it didn't lower pollution. People called me a righty. It's not about left or right. It's not vax or anti-vax. It's recognizing in the case of vaccines that each one of our systems is different. One size does not fit all. So we're gonna apply systems thinking to really understand the truth here. And again, to everyone listening, if you're joining in late, you got uh, to, the reason I'm running for United States Senate, and when you support the campaign, I, will, I, I give you a book called System and Revolution, where you can really understand systems principles, and you get access to your body, your system. So this is really to educate you on how to look at the world from a systems perspective. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to take a systems perspective to understand all of this. So let me um, share the screen now to the slides I put together. And uh, let's go over here, go to the application window here. Let me start the slides. One second here, I gotta start the slides here. There we go. Uh, okay. All right, so let me start the uh, slide sharing here so we can uh, look at the slides that I've set up for you today. All right. So um, what I want to start with is, first of all, um, people have asked me to do sort of shorter videos. Um, people like my long form. Other people want them shorter. So I'm going to try, try to take an effort to make it shorter uh, and also more accessible to people. And then we're going to open it up to questions if we want. So the summary of today's talk is, you know, the CDC and state governments are recommending and demanding mass and imposing fines. In Massachusetts, it's about a $300 fine if you do not wear these masks. And the and, and the masks that are being recommended are medical masks and the cloth masks. And the N95 masks, the ones that are really tight that are used in surgery rooms and things like that, um, are only for healthcare workers. You're not, because we don't want to deplete the healthcare workers apparently by those in power. And the question is, are the medical masks better than the cloth masks? That's one question. What about the N95 mask, which we're not supposed to be using, which means we, the citizens, and do masks affect uh, us in any other way? So that's really the questions that we want to um, we want to ask. Someone's saying there there's update going on your body system right now. You can proceed anywhere. Just come back shortly. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's let's go and look at this. By the way, if people go to vashiva.com, that's my personal website. A lot of people say, Dr. Shiva, what are the other things you do besides running for Senate? where I run a number of companies, 
Uh, I'm running for Senate. I created the first email system. I've been an inventor, a scientist. For people joining in new, you know, I, I hold a PhD in MIT in biological engineering, but I do a bunch of other things. But one of the cool companies that, that came out of my work at MIT is a company called Cytosolve, where it's a technology that we can really look at the literature and science, organize it, understand molecular mechanisms, and we have a way of really uh, getting to the heart of truth. Um, we've created a, a, a platform, a technology, which allows us to eliminate the need for animal testing and use the computer to really model very, very complex events. So we use this, for example, to really understand are GMOs good or not? We use it with a lot of, pretty much all of our customers are companies who want to use natural products. We use it for discovering new types of natural products. But Cytosol also affords us with the opportunity to really um, use the technology to get to sort of the heart of scientific truth, which means we can look at a lot of literature and find out, um, aggregate that literature and find out what's really going on. So that's what I, uh, I did here today for everyone here on the mass. So we looked at a bunch of literature, we extracted it, we curated it, and then we built really an architectural understanding of that. So let's, um, first of all, this is what the CDC says. If you go to the CDC's site, it says, the use of cloth face coverings to help slow the spread of COVID-19. If you read it, it says how to wear cloth face covering. They actually tell you how to wear it. You know, it should fit snugly, uh, be secured uh, around your ear, uh, around your ear loops, include multiple layers of fabric, allow breathing without restriction, be able to be laundered. You know, they basically tell you, in fact, they tell you how to make a homemade cloth face covering. This is right on the CDC site. And they don't really talk a lot about if it works or not. They just tell you, you should do this. So it's quite interesting. Now in Massachusetts, if you, if, and you can go to your own state's government site, it says wear a mask in public. And there's an order that I wanna show you right here. What it says is Governor Baker, who's the um, quote unquote Republican governor in Massachusetts has issued an order effective Wednesday, May 6th, requiring face masks or cloth face coverings in public places where social distancing is not possible. This applies to both indoor and outdoor spaces. Exceptions include children under the age of two and those unable to wear a mask or face covering due to medical condition. Read the full Department of Public Health guidance. By the way, this is something everyone should know. You can tell people, I have a medical condition that uh, does not allow you to wear a mask. And you don't have to tell them what that medical condition is because according to HIPAA, they have no right to ask you. So I just wanna tell you that FYI, they have no right to ask you what medical condition, but that's one of the rules here. Then it says tips on the proper use of masks and coverings. And if you read this, it says a face covering can include anything that covers anything that covers your nose and mouth, including dust masks, scarves, and bandanas. Do not use healthcare worker masks, such as the N95 masks. Those should be preserved for healthcare workers. It is important that you wear these face coverings or masks in situations where it's difficult to maintain social distance of six feet from others, for example, in a pharmacy or grocery store. So just to keep this clear, what they're saying is that if you're not six feet away, you're gonna be closer, they want you to wear a mask. They're saying it can be a bandana, it can be cloth, but the N95 is for healthcare workers, okay? So you can get some medical mask, you can wear some cloth or bandana, nothing in this, in this advisory, that whether it works or not. Just, I mean, I went through the site, none of it really talked, it just says, when you can't do social distancing and you're close, you gotta wear a mask. And by the way, Massachusetts is a $300 fine, okay? 
So let's go a little bit deeper into this and, and see what's really going on here. Okay. Um, so if we go into this, what we find is something quite fascinating. What you'll find here is that um, these are the kinds of face masks we're looking at. So um, the, for example, US Center for Disease Control recommends face covering for sick patients, the general public. They're pretty much saying everyone should do it, healthcare workers. And the most common types of face masks, these are these surgical masks, okay? Um, used by the surgical mask, cloth mask, cloth face covering. Again, we're not talking about the N95. And, and right now, there's no conclusive clinical evidence at all for the effectiveness of face masks. And the possible reason is virus size is too small to be filtered out. But here's a surgical mask above, and here's a cloth mask that you may see wearing. But again, cloth masks include bandanas, et cetera. Now, when I went through the literature, I tried to get the most recent literature so the four papers we curated down to three of them from our 2020, one of them is from around 2015, 2017, okay? So we're gonna go through these um, in detail. One of the papers that I wanna talk about was uh, called the effectiveness of surgical and cotton masks in blocking SARS-CoV-2, a control comparison in four patients. So they took four patients and they compared it. Now the net result, as you can see here, is, um, I'll go right to it. Lee and colleagues showed that particles 0.04 to 0.2 microns, that's what a micrometer is, can penetrate surgical masks. So, so if you take a meter, a meter is about a yard, okay? A, uh, this is, a, a micron is 10 to the minus sixth, okay? So we're looking at 10 to the minus six, right? So 0.04 to 0.2 microns, micrometers, can penetrate surgical masks. That's what they're saying. So if some, a particle size is 0.04 to 0.02 micrometers, okay, just remember those numbers, 0.04 to 0.2, it can penetrate through the surgical mask. Now the, the size of the SARS-CoV, they haven't been able to measure, when this paper was written, the actual measure of the COVD-19, but they know the SARS-CoV, uh, SARS virus, uh, part and you know it's because it's a common uh, coronavirus. It, uh, from the 2002 to 2004 outbreak was estimated to be 0 0.08 to 0 0.14. Okay, so look at that. That's literally in the range that the particles 0 0.04 to 0 0.0 can penetrate. So what that means is um, the SARS virus coronavirus, definitely the COV, and the, and the assumption here is that this size is not that different that that too can penetrate through the surgical mask. Now that's assuming the SARS-CoV-2 has a similar size and surgical masks are unlikely to filter this virus. And what they did was what you can see here, um, they literally went through and they did various tests. So they literally had people not wear a mask and cough. Then they had people put on the mask and cough, uh, a cloth mask uh, or first a surgical mask. Then they had someone put on a cloth mask and cough then they had people take the mask off again, and they did it into a Petri dish, okay? So they had a Petri dish, uh, again, just to review, in the first case here, they coughed without the mask, then they put on the surgical mask, coughed, then they put the cloth mask and coughed, and then they did it without the mask again. And what you can see are here are four patients, and they're patients aging between the age of 61, 62, 35, and 82. So from 35 to 82, um, and each of these patients did this. 
what you can see here, the evidence is quite inconclusive. So if you look at the Petri dish, um, without the mask, about 3.53 units of you know stuff landed on the Petri dish. Um, in the case of the 61-year-old male, 3.26, not that difference with the surgical mask, 2.27 with the cotton mask, and without the mask, 3.23. So just look at patient one. There's not that much difference between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask and wearing a cotton mask or wearing a, um, a uh, surgical mask. Then similarly, if you look at patient one, they did the same thing and they looked at the mask surface. So you cough and you look at the outside of the mask surface and you see there's around 2.21. So there's particles that land on the outside. On the inner surface, it looks like it's not detectable. Everything went through because of the force of the turbulence of the cough. Then the outer surface of the cotton mask got around the same 2.6 and nothing on the inner surface. So it looks like when you cough, the outer surface gets stuff on it and stuff goes through. Again, remember the size of this is, uh, of, the, of the coronavirus is expected to be much smaller uh, than the actual, um, you know, the, 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 the holes in the mask. So it's basically like mosquitoes going through a chain link wire fence. Same thing if you look at patient number two, you see again, not that different difference, 2.14, 1.80, if you can see here in the coughing or 2.08 in the coughing without the mask and same here, similar results. But the bottom line is neither the surgical mask nor the cotton mask was effective in filtering the virus, okay? Things are going through. And when this report ended, what it said was surgical masks are unlikely to filter this virus. And it said neither the surgical nor cotton mask effectively filtered the SARS-CoV-2 uh, during coughs by infected patients. So there you go, okay? So the net of is what they're finding in that study was whether you had the mask or not, surgical mask or the, the cloth mask, which is what we as a public have access to, we're not supposed to get access to the N95. And by the way, the N95 has 0.01% or 0.1%. It's pretty good because it has, it's really tight and nothing really gets through that, okay? Um, but we'll come back to some of the problems with that. But that's the point with this uh, particular mask, okay? Uh, that the cloth mask or the surgical mask, things are just gonna go through. And you saw that in the experiment that they did. Now let's go and look at what happens when we look at the, when we start considering um, the next mask, which is the, the mask with the, um, uh, I mean, the next study I wanna look at. This was a study that it, it basically showed that cloth uh, masks increase in infection risk in the healthcare workers. So I'm gonna walk you through this. So what they did here um, was they took uh, about 1600 uh, people, okay? They gave them a medical mask, which is a surgical mask, a cloth mask in the control group. And what you see here is quite interesting that um, you find here that there's a 13% increase, ILI means influenza. So this is a cloth mask and there's a 13 times increase, 13 times more likely to get influenza-like illness compared to the ones who wore the medical masks. So if you wear the cloth masks, you're gonna get 13 times more increase of getting influenza type uh, illness versus a medical mask. So this basically argues, well, the medical mask we just showed the stuff is going to go out if you cough. People are going to—it's just going to go right through it. But this is showing well. If you're going to choose between the medical and the cloth mask, the medical mask is going to have a one 
thirteenth, one thirteenth of a chance of you getting ILI influenza-like symptoms. But the penetration of the particles through the cloth mask was ninety-seven percent through medical masks was forty-four percent. So they're saying in the cloth mask, pretty much everything is going to go through, and through the medical mask, around forty-four percent. The previous research said there wasn't any difference. But the bottom line, you can see that the cloth masks, according to this, are going to cause more influenza-like symptoms. But the previous research basically said it's not going to make a difference. Um, and this study uh, was the first randomized control study done, which means they had you know three groups. They had the medical mask, the, cl the cloth mask, and the control group. And what this showed was that the study is the first RCT of cloth mask, and the results caution against the use of cloth mask. And because they said moisture retention, reuse of cloth mask, and poor filtration may result in increased risk of infection. Okay, so this one saying the first one saying they both, you know. So think about what the what the model here was that if you're asymptomatic, so you may be a carrier. This is why the masks are supposedly being promoted. Is that I'm a carrier, and someone else doesn't have it. So if I cough. I don't want them to get it. Well, the first research paper is clearly showing it's gonna go through anyway. The second research paper is showing that you wearing it are gonna increase your chance of more influenza-like symptoms. So you're putting yourself at risk. If you have it asymptomatic, you may increase your chance of getting influenza, excuse me, because of the, because of the problems with it. The, um, the, 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 the result there is that you may be asymptomatic it basically is showing if you cough, you're not going to really protect someone else because they're going to get it. The other piece of this is that you're also going to uh, increase your risk of getting uh, influenza. Okay. So let's go back and look at now. Uh, the question was, you know, people have asked, well, what about the N95 mask? People wanted me to cover this when I was looking at this. Um, and this study really looked at the uh, um, N95 masks. This was in respiratory care, and the study demonstrated the subject subjects with COPD, you know, which which is uh, you know the the breathing difficulty had. Um, this 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 was they looked at healthcare workers, and they found out that there was an increased chance of those people getting dyspnea, which is shortness of breath. And I want to walk you through all the sort of five findings of this research. It's basically found out that if you're wearing the N95 mask. Again, now we're not looking for the general public, but for healthcare workers, that if you wore, first of all, these masks are not supposed to be, the N95 are not supposed to be worn more than an hour or two hours at max, but that can risk the chance of headaches. I think someone just wrote to me on Instagram. Did someone write that? Yeah, someone wrote here that they had more headaches from wearing, uh, um, uh, wearing masks, but the N95 masks for prolonged periods can increase the risks of headaches and people prone to headaches. So that was one result that came out. So if you're prone to headaches, you really increase your chance of getting headaches much sooner. For those with COPD, which is a breathing issue, wearing the N95 mask was increased shortness of breath and breathing discomfort. Um, the other interesting that they noticed was that people, this was sort of interesting, they noticed that people who wore the mask for two, up to two hours, it didn't affect those people with coronary heart disease. They, they said those people were stable. However, they found out that the gas exchange, you know, when you breathe, you're breathing in O2, you're letting out CO2, but when you breathe in O2, you're also letting some oxygen out and, and, some, and CO2, obviously. But there's a gas exchange that's supposed to be a certain equilibrium. 
And what they found out was that that gas exchange levels of CO2 and O2 were affected in, in pregnant women uh, after one hour of use. So there are pregnant healthcare workers. So it affected their gas exchange. Now, if you go on the internet, you'll, you'll see some interesting propaganda on both sides. Some people say, well, it doesn't uh, increase CO2. And other people say, well, it doesn't uh, decrease O2. It's not the increase or the decrease, it's the balance of those two. That's what's being affected to be accurate. So again, we're going beyond the left, right, pro O2, pro CO2, that kind of thing. But it's the gas exchange uh, balance, which is important for your health. So one of the important conclusions here is that wearing the N95 mask induced a mean 37% reduction in that air exchange volume, that balance. And, and for the elderly, the people with illnesses, chronic lung disease, and in fact, people with heart disease or stroke and pregnant women, this is obviously something that should be of concern. So this is again, the N95 mask if you have healthcare workers working in there. The other interesting thing, this is came from the fourth paper, uh, just to reiterate, I went and actually looked at the paper on the healthcare women uh, who were pregnant. Now breathing through the N95 mask materials have been shown to impede the gaseous exchange and impose an additional workload on the metabolic system, which means the entire metabolism of pregnant healthcare workers. And this needs to be taken into account when people start uh, consideration of guidelines for you know, respirators. So the benefits of using the N95 mask to prevent serious emerging infectious disease should be weighed against the potential respiratory consequences associated with the N95 respirator usage. So that sort of gives you a whole picture. So when we really summarize this, again, you know, the CDC and the state are recommending we wear these masks and the masks that they're recommending are the medical masks or the cloth masks. And, and, and again, the N95 masks are only for the healthcare workers but the medical masks and the cloth masks are unlikely from this, the research from the survey we just did from the curated literature are unlikely to be effective against a virus transmission, okay? That's the reality. And then the N95 masks for healthcare workers disturb the gas exchange, the O2, CO2 balance after prolonged use. So over one hour, two hours, they pose a risk for the elderly, pregnant women, and those with pre-existing conditions. Now, the other piece of this, which I talked about yesterday, is look, the mask wearing itself is, is in many ways, it's an antisocial activity, okay? People are walking around, you don't know who's behind the mask. Um, it really creates a lot of psychological issues. There's research emerging about that. And it creates, you know, it furthers this social isolation between people, trust. And as I talked about yesterday, one of the most important things we need to recognize is the number one way that people live long. It's not food, it's not you know exercise. The number one is social connections with people, your relationship with people, your connectedness, the friendships, the fellowship. That social connection really boosts the immune system. It boosts antiviral compounds. Those people are socially isolated as a research that was done by Stephen Cole showed in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. You have a massive, drop in gene expression of the beautiful antiviral compounds at your body, its own pharmacy. Your, your body is a pharmaceutical company, if you want to think about it. Your body produces amazing pharmaceuticals to protect you. It produces antiviral compounds when you feel safe and friendly and secure and good social relationships. 
And when you're in, 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 you know, when you feel good and you have that friendships, your body actually lowers inflammatory compounds. When you're socially isolated and you don't trust people and you have all that psychological stress, your body will actually create inflammation and lower antiviral compounds. So separate from the mechanics I just talked about, the fact that cloth masks can increase viral infection, okay, 13 times more than the surgical mask. The other pieces, both of them, if you cough, you're going to spread it anyway, okay? And then the last piece is for healthcare workers, you know, you can't wear the, the, the N95s more than one or two hours. So that's what the bottom line is. Um, so to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, I think the reality is uh, what we're noticing is frankly, and it doesn't, you know, make any difference with the cloth or the medical mask. That's what my conclusion is. The real issue, as, as I did in my video yesterday, is what can we do to boost the immune system? We have to take a systems approach to this. When we take a systems approach, we understand the immune system is a very complex system. What you need may be different than what I need. That's why I recommended a systems approach. Let's get in the sun. Let's get that vitamin D. Let's eat the dark green, leafy, purple foods, the, the foods with the rich carotenoids, they really build our vitamin A. But your thyroid's got to be working, right? So you want to boost it with, you know, proper iodine and iodide, you, which makes the thyroid work right, so your body converts those beautiful green vegetables into vitamin A. If you can't, take vitamin A palmitate, as I recommended in the letter I put out to President Trump, Take the zinc, zinc stops viral replication. And then, you know, the vitamin C is a very, very powerful thing that modulates the immune system. It also is an antioxidant and it supports many, many different processes in you. And then obviously you have friendships so, and, and relationships. That's why we hope this lockdown enters soon. Everything they've, they've done to us has nothing to do with boosting immune health. Nothing. And the masks have nothing to do with boosting immune health. If anything, they're going to hurt our connections with people. Anyway, that's the answer to mask or not to mask. The answer is boost the immune system. You know, let's take down these masks and start having social relationships and boost the immune system. Now, look, if obviously someone's sick, if you get the flu or you feel something, we should do what grandma told us, right? Stay at home. You should self-quarantine yourself you know, eat all the chicken soups and get all the great nutrients and vitamins, get sleep, okay? This is common sense. Those people are sick should quarantine themselves and keep away from other people so they boost their immune system up so they get strong and they get rested. To shut down the entire economy never made any sense to me. Please respond to question when employers are demanding people wear masks or they cannot work. Look, I've talked to a number of doctors um, here's the rule, as I understand it, you have every right to say that you have a medical condition that allows you not to wear that mask. And no one can ask you what that medical condition is. It's against HIPAA. Okay? So this becomes a constitutional issue, and it becomes an issue of you, um, you know, protecting your rights. Now, I am not aware if this has been adjudicated. People should probably ask an employment lawyer. Maybe I'll do this as a session. Maybe I'll bring a lawyer on and talk about this. But the reality is that you have every right to say that you have a medical condition, which could be you get headaches, you get whatever by wearing those masks. And you don't have to reveal that 
by the HIPAA rules. So people should go explore that. Let's see what other questions we have. I'm gonna go over to Instagram here and Jen, you can keep coming. Why are so many constitutional laws being violated? You know, this is a great, great question. Um, day before I had a conversation about what is actually happening in this country. And um, I may come back at 10 p.m. and I wanna share with you my initial thoughts. If you guys wanna take a quick break or I can just go into that. Jen, you should tell me what we should do. I may take a quick break and come back, but my entire thesis on this whole thing is that we have a deep state in this country, okay? Someone said a business can deny a service if you don't wear, uh, a business can, if you don't wear a mask. Well, this is a very interesting question. They can deny, so for example, I was, when I was going down to Washington, D.C., um, uh, we had to stop off at a rest point and one of these rest areas said, you have to wear a mask. Well, I went in and said, look, I have a medical condition. You have no right to ask why I'm not wearing a mask. Um, and they didn't know what to do because they hadn't heard that before. And we basically forced them to serve me, which is we had to buy some, you know, uh, water and some nuts or something. Walmart will send you home with no pay, no exceptions. Interesting. Um, I think this is a very, very interesting area of law that we need to explore, challenge, adjudicate. Um, but the bottom line is if we go to the science, the science shows that it has no effect. That's what the science shows. Unless you're wearing these N95s, which I don't think Walmart would want you to wear because you're gonna increase the chance of hypoxia, less oxygenation, less gas exchange, and increase people's chance of getting other things. Also, the American Disabilities Act would love to know your rights by being made to wear a mask or being violated, exactly. So that very good point from Virginia Forrester. So you do not have to reveal what your issues are according to the American Disabilities Act. Walmart is profiting greatly from the pandemic. Yes, they are. And they sell a lot of Chinese goods. And I wanna talk about that. I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna take a break because I wanna end this. I think at 10.15, I'm gonna share with you my theory on what's actually going on at this country. And to give you a preview about that before I end this session, is that what's really happened is that the deep state of the deep state is really a collaboration of the Chinese Communist Party, Hollywood, Wall Street, the big universities, big academia, et cetera, and including our politicians, left and right. We as a country are being sold out. We as a country are being sold out to China Inc. Deep state equals China equals Hollywood. All of these guys are one big deep state ink. And that deep state ink wants to model this after China. Well, how does China work? Okay, China works in the following way. It's 0.0001% Chinese Communist Party, which are the elites and everyone else is trash. They treat everyone like the uh, basically workers working on a big factory machine. 0.001% elites and everyone else, they don't want any entrepreneurs. They don't want any people using their minds. They don't want any real small business owners. Exactly as Christopher Nunn said, the whole world is being sold out and our politicians, our lawyer lobbyists are doing that. They don't have any patriotism and we need to wake up to this. That's why in this recent COVID event, which I call one of the biggest fear mongering hoaxes, 
Whether there's a virus or not is not the issue. But the fear that was driven was done not to attack the 0.001%, not to attack the super uber poor who are on reservations already, you know, being given welfare and money, but to really attack the small business owners like you and me, the inventors, the innovators, the entrepreneurs, the rebels, people who have a brain and think for themselves. Someone said, how about businesses being allowed to take your temperature when they reopen states? Ridiculous. I mean, all of this stuff, we're entering, and now remember, all of this stuff matches how China operates. Our country, when I come back to you around 10, 15, you're gonna learn that the Chinese are literally buying up America and our politicians are selling you and I out. They are not Americans, they're fake Americans. And in the next 90 days, what we're gonna witness in this country when September, October comes is there's gonna be another virus. And what are they going to do? Do another shutdown? But this entire, this entire set of events, in my view, is the deep state Inc. of the United States has sold us out, is in the middle of selling us out to China. That's what's going on. The Chinese Communist Party, to be specific. And if we don't wake up, we're going to lose this country. That's what's going to go on. So I'm going to come back at 10.15. I, have a, I want to end this session because when you really look at this mask thing, it's basically, you know, it looks like people in China. They wanna make us China. People being social distancing, people being distrustful. We're actually, like that research showed 13 times higher increase when you wear cloth mask of getting influenza-like symptoms. And, and the other research said that the cloth mask and the medical mask make no, they're all putting out crap out. The aerosols go right through and they're gonna hit someone, okay? So it's nonsense. And furthermore, they're making us distrustful of our neighbors. They're creating a mask versus, uh, you know, no mask versus mask, okay? Dialectic. And that's what they want. They wanna divide this country. They wanna basically destroy the small business owner. We're gonna come back and talk about that. But it's about time we start recognizing we must fight. We must go for truth, freedom, and health. And that's why I keep coming back to why I'm running for U.S. Senate, why I do these videos, why I'm still a scientist. It's about applying the scientific method. And in closing, what I want to say is um, I'll come back at 1015. Is that OK, Michelle? Jen, we'll come back and do another session at 1015 on China, Inc. and the Deep State, Inc. But I really want people to support what we're doing because this is really your campaign. Uh, wherever you are, you can go right to Shiva for Senate. And please take time to support the campaign. When you support our campaign, I support you because I wanna teach you how to think from a systems perspective. That's what this awesome ebook is for and the tool, Your Body, Your System. By the way, they're doing some maintenance on it right now, but please come back and sign up for it. So, and anyway, if you're outside of the country, you also can get access to Your Body, Your System. If you're inside of the United States, you can donate to the campaign 25 or more. By the way, if you can't donate that, donate whatever you can. We know people are under economic distress and I don't want you know money to be a, 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 a blockade so you can't get this. And then if, you, if those people outside of the country can go to the website, yourbodyyoursystem.com. So anyway, I will come back, um, but I'm gonna talk and then we'll take some phone calls. Jen, maybe what we'll do is we'll, set, uh, I'll, I'll give you my phone number, everyone already knows it, um, but at 10.15, I'll come back and I'll give you a short presentation just to illuminate everyone's eyes 
to what is China, the Chinese Communist Party doing? And by the way, in China, you'll learn shortly, even the business people there, the big business guys, uh, are essentially extension, direct extensions of the Chinese Communist Party. So that's what we need to realize that this, so this entire mask stuff is not even an issue. It is really was done to separate us, to fear monger us, to create a ridiculous, ridiculous, awful Chinese Communist Party environment. And we can't allow that. We are not China. We're not, we're with the United States of America. We have the constitution. And if you look at our constitution and the Chinese, you know, articles that they have, this is totally fascist and we still have a free country. But if we don't wake up, we're going to lose it, lose it all. Thank you, everyone. I'll be back at 10.15. Thank you.